0: Huh. <laughs> you can't be an emperor. You
1: know? There's a pretty strong argument to be made that a lot of history just comes down to dick measuring. Content. Oh, absolutely. Like T- a big titles. Hundred yeah, yeah, titles. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, what what is a title other than like a metaphorical way to say how long your yeah, dick is? Yeah. My, you know I
2: mean? my my favorite title nonsense is that um, the Hohenzollerns, who became the the, the German emperors, yeah. uh, originally were um, the dukes of Brandenburg Prussia the great electors of of the electors of Brandenburg, Prussia. And at one point, one of them decided to promote himself um, to the (laughs) rank of king, but he didn't call himself the king of Prussia because the Holy Roman emperor was the king of Prussia. So he took the title of king in Prussia. Um, And so for like 40 years, a couple like two, two or three different Prussian kings styled themselves kings in in Prussia. And then, and then one of them was like, you know what? Fuck it. We're the kings of Prussia now, <laughs> and if the Austrians are mad, they can, you know, in deal. Day. Yeah, they can invade, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, we'll yeah, beat yeah. them. Yeah. Um, you know, so that that's, I think, one of my favorite is just the, the preposition is important. The, no, no, I'm not the king of Prussia. I'm just a king who lives in Prussia. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Every
1: once in a while, you're the king in Maria, the king in Jennifer. You know what I mean? The king in... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs> I hated that silence so much. <laughs> I hated that silence a lot. Yeah, uh, but that's okay. Yeah, That's okay. Yeah. Uh, what else? Let's what, let's what talk I'll... about let's talk about the news real quick.
0: What what is going but on? But do we have? Is, is there anything interesting going on these days? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nope, Nope. nothing. <laughs> nope, definitely not. No, nope, nope, uh, uh, nothing in the middle of the world. eastern region. Are we still at war? The middle of the.
1: Are we still at war? Um, with Everywhere. um the whales. Are we still at with the whales? I don't know. Or I think we're uh,
0: losing. We're losing. Dude. To the orcas? The uh, yeah. orcas are like anti rich, man. They're taking out all the yachts. Yeah. Well, they're, someone... they're
1: not anti rich. They're just really good tactical
2: decision makers. They're <laughs> like, ah, the ones with
3: the
1: power,
2: get yeah, them. They're yeah. basically sharpshooters in the American yeah. Revolution. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say someone threw a copy of Das Kapital. Into the ocean uh, and <laughs> radicalized we all only the, hope the whales. <laughs> we can only hope. <laughs> Some somewhere in the the bo- in the bottom of the ocean, a whale is going. You know, comrades, yeah,
3: yeah.
1: we
2: must yeah. unite. Peace,
1: krill and land, <laughs> <laughs> sea. I guess peace, krill and sea. I guess. I don't know what we're gonna do. What would what would Lenin's whale propaganda what really now? consist of? Yeah. Yeah. We should do. We should. Oh, okay. So yeah. Laughing a historically, okay. All right? It's basically we'll we'll record a podcast normal that Michael works very hard on and does a very good job on, and then after that, we'll just have a list of like a historical questions to ask Michael that don't make it, like like maybe they might make sense. Some, some of them make sense. Okay. Like oh, what would happen if Rome hadn't fallen or something? Right, right, right. And some of them might have been might be like what if the Babylonians invented LSD, right? (laughs) And then Michael has to make sense of
0: it. Like your job is you have to take our premise... On good faith. This sounds like a, a History Channel, like uh, I don't know, original or something. Like, <laughs> well, it's that's, all about that's, aliens, man. That's, like, that's what we're. That's I
2: think the end game. We pitch it, yeah. Right, that, you know, uh, that's how we. That's how we. That's, that's how the real we money actually maker. make money yeah. is we sell it to the History Channel, yeah. where the past comes alive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Suck it, ice yeah. truckers. Uh, <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. history is where the past comes alive. And then immediately kills itself because of how butchered it was.
3: <laughs> History just goes
1: directly to the Golden Gate Bridge. It is like the aliens had nothing to do with me. It just jumps. It says I regret nothing. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You're listening to Laughing Historically with Adam Lax, Adam Coonan, and Dr. History Scholar.
0: Welcome to Laughing Historically. I'm your host, Adam Lax, and on the ones and twos, we got Adam Coonan, and we got Dr. History, Sage Scholar, Moral superiority complex
2: <laughs> <laughs> it became a complex actually uh, last time around. you know it happens
3: <laughs>
1: but also uh I guess, demigod of time space, we established last episode. Demigod. Yeah, you move freely through time space, much like Richard Nixon and Winston Churchill.
2: (laughs) Yes. This is true. true. Am am I like quantum leaping to try to find them or run away from them? No, 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 no.
1: You're more the bad guy in Quantum Leap, but like season arcing bad guy. I didn't watch enough Quantum (laughs) Leap. I haven't seen any any of (laughs) it. Wait, uh,
0: you're, you're Quantum Leap? Apparently. And you're okay. So no, dead. I'm Quantum you're going and back in time. he's the bad guy in Quantum okay. I chase him around, but
1: I get distracted because I don't know, know if you guys good. do this. <laughs> well, that and also history's got a lot of beer in it. It's like you can't go anywhere in history basically without yeah. running into a tavern. <laughs> <know>? <laughs> <laughs> so, oh my God. Yeah.
2: Oh, so should right. we do a. We're going to talk about today in history. Yeah, uh so today is January 15th. Uh, and on this day in sixty nine, hey-o, A.D., hey. uh, Otho seized power in Rome, proclaiming himself the emperor of Rome and beginning a reign of only three months. What oh. was his name? Uh, Otho. Otho. O T H O. He's Otho. during. He's during the the reign of the year of four or five emperors uh, uh, after the death of. I forget. This what's is on when it. they get forgettable. Yeah. Well, when you're only on there for three months, yeah. Uh, yeah, eventually yeah. he'll be. This will end with the. Uh, it's i think vespasian it comes to the throne as is like the emperor of, that actually hangs yeah, sticks on for yeah, a while, yeah sticks for how a while. does otho go i imagine his bodyguards murdered him okay they that did is, a lot of they that. did a lot yeah of the that. praetorian yeah. guard just kept killing people
1: which is so weird cuz in rome total war they're really good troops mm-hmm. and i think they didn't actually do that much fighting <laughs> nope no. <laughs> they just killed <laughs> they they did, a, they, did a,
2: they did a lot of murdering of unarmed elderly men uh, yeah, and yeah, so yeah. So Wait. Everybody's has to have, uh, ish. All right. Because some of the Roman emperors were. <laughs> no. right. Some true. of the some of the Roman emperors were North African. So. Oh, yeah, probably not. Like yeah yeah. You know not, not what we. Pale. Not what I. Not just kidding.
1: Not what I would consider. So, white.
3: Okay. White. White. Yeah. The proper, <laughs> the proper
2: way to say it is. White. None of them were Anglo Saxon. If If anyone
1: calls themselves white, Hmm. they're clearly not. So they have to be (laughs) White. So, you guys like that song? Is that something I should keep doing? Yes. Okay. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, so I vote yes. You are outvoted. Dr. Oh. Yeah, but nice.
2: aren't I a demigod? Like, shouldn't you listen to me? Yeah, but you're also mm. white. <laughs> <laughs> so, in, in 1541, King Francis I of France. Uh, gave a commission a redundant yeah a little bit <laughs> <laughs> what was his title King Francis the first of France uh, okay uh, I almost put in the f- at the beginning King of France King Francis the first of France because it's just fun to say <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: he actually was the first king to establish the um, department f- of redundancy department <laughs> it, was, it was a good one it was an old joke an old joke so he,
2: he gave a commission to settle the province of New France which is Canada mm. and provide for the spread of the quote holy catholic faith okay and Court. I was
1: wondering when we were going to talk about
2: a war. So criminal. he's responsible mm-hmm. for Quebecois. yes. No. Uh, and then in Quebec. F- and then in 1559, Elizabeth I first is crowned King, Queen of England and Ireland in Westminster Abbey, London. Huh. So this is the beginning of her reign. She'll reign for like the next 43, 44 years. She dies in 1603.
1: probably one of the most successful monarchs in history right as far as like length of time decency of the like she set england up Mm -hmm. to be a world power like it wouldn't have really before that
2: no and she also she had to deal with all the dudes she did and she she's the one who puts england's not entirely but she begins the process she creates a uh, a, a blueprint for how England could resolve its religious tensions ah. uh, where she has a Protestantism that is distinguishable from Catholicism because Henry VIII's Anglicanism is just Catholicism minus the Pope. Yeah, you yeah. the um, yeah. Minus
1: anyone who can tell him what to do. Yeah, <laughs> um,
2: So it's a more Protestant Anglicanism, but she... And she is brutal in, in repressing Catholics, so don't get me wrong that she's some sort of avatar of religious toleration, yeah. but she also isn't as preoccupied as her predecessors um, and and uh, so she helps with that. She So she basically
1: stabilizes the government, mm-hmm. right? So she doesn't have to worry about any yeah. insurrections, which had been a problem yes. in England yeah. for a pretty long time for yes. up until that point. And then uh, more or less was able to, like, didn't she essentially modernize the Navy, mm-hmm. which, yep. like, modernizing the English Navy in 1500 really sets you up for uh, the yeah. next few hundred yeah. years of English history. And then I, and,
2: and then, she begins uh, the process of... of She's the one who signs over, uh, you know, the planting of the the Jamestown colony, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? Um, And, you know, that starts what will become the British Empire. Didn't she
1: give up a little bit of power to Parliament? I thought there was like a parliamentary reform she did that led the way to...
2: A little bit. She's still very much in, you know, the absolute monarch Mm -hmm. role. Like the the Tudor family um, absolutely have the upper hand in, in dealing with parliament, Mm -hmm. but she's also, she's, you know, a model of, again, within the English system, the best English rulers are the ones who uh, are the ones who are like, Hey, I, yes, I am more powerful than parliament. I'm not going to rub your nose in it. Right. Like I'm going to listen and, and have some more of that, but understanding that at the end of the day, you can kind of do what you want. Um,
1: And for a good foil to that, the worst English rulers are Margaret Thatcher. That's (laughs) it. it. You don't need to go any farther.
0: Yeah, (laughs) Uh, yeah.
1: I'm the Iron Lady. Is that what she called herself, the Iron Lady? Someone else called her that. The worst. Can you hairspray yourself into
0: iron? Is that a thing you can do? So, I mean, that hair, man. Well,
2: I mean, what it's a reference to is the Duke of Wellington was referred to as the Iron Duke. And the reason the Duke of Wellington was referred to as the Iron Duke is not because of his generalship during the Napoleonic Wars, but because of his veto of the very popular reform bills while he was prime minister <laughs> oh. and he had to put iron shutters on his house because people kept throwing bricks at it yeah. and oh. so they referred to him as the Iron Duke um, <laughs> oh, and so you know Margaret Thatcher wasn't exactly the most popular of people when she's crushing unions and deregulating the economy mm-hmm. but she didn't she cared about as much about it as Wellington did in the 1830s mm-hmm. so it's good to know that nothing changed in nothing. 150 mm-hmm. years. No. no, no. Oh, in England? Yeah. No. <laughs> nothing changes over. <laughs> Nothing's
1: changed since the Druids. <laughs> 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 Same sort of blue face weirdness. <laughs> they just call them music festivals now. so sorry to, to all, t- all our English listeners. Uh, we, we value all yeah. of our English listeners. All of all our of English them. listener. We value our you. Deep fan base. Yes. Yes. You know. are worth all of the pounds. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> but whatever. In in real yes. freedom. All units. the pence. Yes. I would hold. <laughs> The lift door for you, I guess. Uh, <laughs> lifts have doors, and I would hold. How it for many quids? You. Mm-hmm. It so work? much quids. <laughs> <laughs> I would. Give, you know what? I'll give you all the quid you can take. I'll give you so much quid, you'll be quid die. <laughs> quid die? You want to quit, quit
0: this gonna... joke? <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh,
2: so oh, I'm going to quit living. All right. <laughs> Shall we begin? Yeah. <laughs> what are we going to talk about today? So in central France. March 26th, 1199, Richard I, King of England, Duke of Normandy, Aquitaine and Gascony, Lord of Cyprus, Count of Poitiers, Anjou, Maine and Nantes, Overlord of Brittany Stood before I'm sorry How
0: many times Did he say that every time He introduced himself Every time you wrote a letter to him
2: You had to start with that Um,
0: Well he didn't say it The person who he'd kill If they didn't say it Said it You know what I mean He 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 tortured them With that title (laughs) like every time You're like You gotta get it right Or you're not sleeping at night He just keeps adding Like random Like
1: accomplishments You know what I mean Like climber of trees
3: (laughs) squasher of spiders
1: Drinker of beer (laughs) Uh, (laughs) He's a king. Drinker of Uh, wine. Winner of Scrabble.
2: (laughs) Even though he cheated. So he stood before the besieged French castle of Chaloux in central France. He had spent the last five years at war in France, attempting to wipe away the shame of his captivity and recoup the fortune his mother and brother had been forced to pay in ransom. Ah, yes. The king's ransom, if Mm -hmm. I remember correctly, from our... uh, 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 Agincourt. Yeah. Agincourt, that's right. He was 41 years old, still enough time to make up for that farce that had been the Third Crusade. Central France was his land after all. Mm-hmm. Had he not taken it as his, as his motto, "Dieu, mon droit," which means "God and my right." But no one but God was his superior. He was taunting the besieged castle by standing before them without armor. When a crossbow bolt fired by a cook's boy struck him in the shoulder.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's a was a bring 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 bring, bring. Hi, I'm King Richard the First, and this is
3: Jackass. (laughs) (laughs) Smoked with a crossbow. Bring, bring,
1: bring, bring. bring. Oh, fuck you, French people. Like, what kind of dumb piece of shit do you have to be to just be like, I'm so awesome, and my balls are so big that I'm just going to stand here without armor within crossbow rate? Like, it's just dumb.
2: It's just dumb. The wound turned gangrenous, and 11 days later, on April 6, 1199, Richard I Plantagenet, the Lionhearted, died in his mother's arms. With no legitimate heirs. Mama's boy. He was. <laughs>
1: Richard the First, boy of Mama.
0: Add that to the title <laughs> the,
1: the, them who have sand in vagina.
3: <laughs>
1: Wanter of days. Yes. <laughs> that with the nickname of Sally or Nancy, depending upon the day. Sorry, I've never I've never had a gangrenous crossbow. <laughs> Wound. so maybe i should shut up I mean,
3: actually, i'd probably cry a little i'll
1: probably cry with
2: no legitimate heirs he was succeeded by his younger brother john lackland uh, born the last of four brothers. So John had a nickname of Lackland. Does it's that li- Lackland. mean literally? Really what no, I- yes, no land. He was the youngest of four <laughs> brothers, so he had no land. Bitch. <laughs> oh <my, I laughs> like, that, that's, that's the, nick, the bitch <laughs> nickname. You go, Lackland,
0: bitch. <laughs> Britain
1: spent all of its creativity on Shakespeare. <laughs> like, like, it didn't have any more after that. They're like, oh, what's that guy's last name going to be? Smith. <laughs> Why? He's a He's Smith. A smith. <laughs> oh. All right, I guess that makes sense. What's his name? Butcher. Oh, cool, cool.
2: So, John was born the last of four brothers, was now king of an empire that stretched from the Mediterranean to the Scottish border. John would turn out to be one of the worst kings in English history, and a monarch who was not worthy of the loyalty he would be shown by today's subject. So, wait, wait,
1: wait. What are you telling me that a king with a real cool nickname wasn't <laughs> like the man. best? Didn't <laughs>
2: have like a chip on his shoulder or right. anything. Yeah he was not worthy of the loyalty that he would be shown by today's subject, Nicola Delahaye, the first woman sheriff in English history. Oh, that's Woman cool. sheriff. Yeah.
1: So wait, wait, but she was very...
2: Uh, she was loyal to King John. Uh, shouldn't have been? Well, we'll, we'll, we'll find out. Well, you, well, well I mean, you're the first well, woman was sheriff, her name? then. Like. Nicola Delahaye. Nicola Delahaye. So her that's first a, name is Nicola, and then that's her last an name English is... English name? Well, so English people in the in the 1100s and the 1200s, the nobility still, a lot of them have French names from mm-hmm. the Norman conquest. Right. Part one, the life of a lady. So Nicola de la Haye was born around the year 1150, probably in the village of Brattleboro, which is near Lincoln Castle. Lincoln is what is, is in what is How called...
1: How far is that from the Shire?
0: <laughs>
2: it's in Lincolnshire. <laughs> oh, no, of course it is. Lincoln is in what is called the Midlands because, get this, it is in the middle of England. Ah. And as with so many... There's a lot of creativity. Yeah, so as creativity. we've <laughs> reviewed. I want to see how much that
1: prediction holds up for the rest of this episode.
2: So as with so many non-royal medieval people, her birth year, and indeed her birthday, are difficult to pin down with any exactness. But so what, they didn't give a shit about when I, I common mean, people no. go? No. Well, I mean, and she's a noble, and they still don't really care Um, it's just it's it's one of those things where um, you don't have like I mean think about practically speaking for a moment why anyone's birthday is recorded in a, in a truly practical reason is for things like government administration. census, yeah. There isn't yeah, any of that uh, in England in the 12th century, mm-hmm. um, or at least not in a way that would need to know your birthday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, The things that need to be tracked, like how much land you own and how yeah. many knights you have in your service, those things are tracked, but yeah. your birthday does not matter. Yeah, sure. Um, the, the only people whose birthday we do care about are... Members, monarchs. Monarchs, yeah, because... Their power reigns, transition. yeah, the their, oh, okay. transition okay. of power yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. to know who's in line for the throne. Yeah. So anyway, um, it's difficult to pin down with any exactness. What we do know is that she was born during a time called the Anarchy. Uh, this cool. was this was a fifth Sick. this was a <laughs> it, it, ruled, right? it. it yeah, was like really it. fun and like, <laughs> you know, it was just like a lot and of Anarchy okay. yeah. <laughs> there was, was just, like a lot, lot of real like, cool flower children in there the was, woods, there like, was just an, living and trading. No, and, there like, was anarchy in the UK though. Uh, <laughs> this guita- was <laughs> guitarists there, there was a fifteen year civil war between the last two Norman rulers, uh, King Stephen the and Empress Matilda. So Empress. So she was the she was the daughter of Henry the and she had married the Holy Roman Emperor. Mm-hmm. Um and so when uh the Holy Roman Emperor died, she remarried uh-huh. but she kept the title empress. Could
1: she move things with her mind? <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> oh, different Matilda. So during oh, this conflict <laughs>
1: we're not what? We're not doing Matilda book jokes. All right. I don't I don't even know what this podcast
0: is anymore. Yeah, I know. I just, I thought, God, it's we just we she's got a you know, magical empress. Maybe. I hope so.
1: Much like that little girl who was able to steal my heart with her mind, chalk moving powers.
2: No. All right. So uh, during this conflict, during this conflict, her family supported the loser, who is Empress Matilda. Uh, Nicola, uh, Stephen wins the war. Now, the, the, Matilda gets the last laugh in that her son succeeds to the throne uh through oh, th- through the way that this works
1: there's so much dumb yeah. bullshit about monarchy and mm-hmm. succession like the mm-hmm. amount of time and energy spent yep. to like
2: figuring a 15 year out. civil war yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um.
1: <laughs> no no anarchy it was <laughs> sick it was awesome it was uh basically... so
2: nicola was born into the delahaye family which translated literally means from the hedge uh, that is what that name means in French. Which uh, there's a... No- from the hedge. Yeah, from the hedge. So I they, don't
1: actually know what a hedge is. Uh, just a, like tall, a hedge bush, right? Yeah,
2: like yeah, like a tall. Um,
0: you ever been in one of those like mazes? the hedge mazes? they're,
2: they're Like tall yeah. bushes that corn. Like sort of... We, we sl- do corn. corn. <laughs> yeah. Because we use corn. Because we're not like fancy aristocrats <laughs> like you East Coast elitists. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was like, what? you never my had pinky it. while i I
1: was like, what? You never had 15 servants create a maze for you out of plants? <laughs> <laughs> no, Adam, I haven't. That is not a
3: lived experience. Of mine. <laughs> no,
1: I mean, what? You've never been in one of those rooms built completely out of African ivory? You've
2: never been in one of those... <laughs> you never shot peasants for sport.
1: Um, well, you've never been at that registration office that makes sure you're on the spaceship when the planet dies and everybody else.
2: So you're on the, the elite th- spaceship. Th- th- so, but but the but a hedge is is a tall, uh, basically bush it's that can be fucking bush. But a it can bush. be but it can be used yeah. as a fence, right? Because they they tend to be longer than they are tall yeah. or wide.
1: So if I were to say she's got a seventies hedge. That would make sense to you guys. <laughs> so, um, uh, Dr. Doctor, doctor uh, history uh, morum uh, Scholar was very disappointed in me on that one. So,
2: her family was a Norman family that was distantly related to William the Conqueror. Ah. Um, in fact, one of, one of the Norman kings called her grandfather cousin. Um, and so, another possible translation of her name, the Delahaye name, is uh, that it could mean from the Hague. Uh, In the Netherlands, which also makes sense given that the Normans and Anglo-Saxons interacted with the Dutch and Flemish Mm. inhabitants of the medieval Netherlands. So it's Mm. either from the Hedge or from the Hague. Either way, her family is of Norman descent um, and are now in England. Mm. So uh, they had been granted the title of hereditary constable. Her father was granted the title of hereditary constable of Lincoln Castle and hereditary sheriff of Lincolnshire. Now, I'm, I'm going I'm to explain both of those titles. So a constable, w- both of these are law enforcement titles, which mm-hmm. is why we still use them as law enforcement yeah. titles. But there, there's more to it than that. So a constable. You said it wrong. It's constable. <laughs> That's how you have to say it. Otherwise, you're not pronouncing I'm just
1: saying, if you want to respect
2: our English listener, you need to say constable correctly. Thank you for that correction. <laughs> but since we fought a revolution, I'll pronounce it however the hell I want. <laughs> All right, so a constable was a law enforcement officer. And according to Henry de Braxton, who is an English cleric and jurist who lived around the same time uh, as, as Nicola, uh, uh, wrote that, quote, in whatever way they come and on whatever day, it is the duty of the constable to enroll everything in order, but he cannot judge because there is no judgment at the Tower of London. Since there, the third element of a judicial proceeding is lacking, namely a judge in jurisdiction. He has a record as to the matters of the fact, but not matters of judgment in law. So, what all of that means... Are trying I'm to not, give yeah, me a stroke? Yeah, yes. Like, what, the what that, what that means, great. essentially... Essentially This is before editors exist. It is exactly (laughs) it was the duty of a constable to obtain the facts and evidence that would be used in courts. So that is that is what a constable Essentially an investigator. Yeah, an investigator. But Mm -hmm. and and in a like a PI? Kind of, but in like almost a like you would think of it as in terms of because the person who's going to be given the title of constable is going to be a really important person. Think of it as like almost the chief of detectives, mm. yeah, and it, then it they have people who go find things and then they mm. bring it to them. Yeah, mm. it
1: almost seems too a little bit like special agent yeah. in the sense that it's like you have kind of federal or like mm. authority from like the entire national government. Are they more like, you're
2: like spies. Like it seems like they're kind of like internal. Like, well, I mean, I mean, that's like what that's what you know. It's a police state. Right, they you know they're part of the law enforcement apparatus, and they, they have a yeah, lot people, of different sources. It's actually there. There this is, is funny.
1: A lot of Americans forget this pretty often. Um, so whatever, say what you want about whatever current issues with law enforcement or whatever, but in the one thing you kind of know that we don't actually live in a police state is that all the cops aren't spies, mm-hmm. right? Like like when you live in a police state, yeah, you'll have like beat cops or whatever, yeah. but so many of the cops. You don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. No one knows who the fuck they are yeah. because they're secret. Yeah. They are yeah. secret yeah, police. Yeah, yeah. We do not have secret police. We have police police yeah. where you're like, oh, hey, look, it's, it's yeah. the police. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, they're, not, they're not just like blending in. Yeah, yeah, And so I think a lot of times Americans will be almost in, you know, whatever. I'm pretty lefty, but like too harsh. No. on America, for that kind of stuff, like oh, we live in a fascist state. I was like, as long as the cops all have uniforms, like like all of them have mm-hmm. uniforms, more or less, you don't live in a police yeah. state so, I aside know, from, I
2: from undercover cops. So, furthermore, also the CIA. Furthermore, also certain parts of the. FBI. <laughs> furthermore, probably the secret service. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure the DoD has a bunch of programs. Furthermore. <laughs> <laughs> The rabbit
0: hole just keeps d- d- deeper <laughs> yeah, yeah, and deeper. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> Furthermore, constables were the governors of castles, so this is uh, sometimes rendered as the as the word uh, castellan. So constables were a big deal. Yeah, you you were the you like were not the... like now. Constables yeah, you're, you're are like, like small town hicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah well. it kind
1: of seems like you're like uh, you're kind of like mayor detective. Yeah,
2: um, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and but also like military governor. Uh, more like lord. Well, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you like lord detective because you weren't. Or yeah. yeah, and yeah, so this bear- this position also made it the holder's duty as a constable to uh, maintain the garrison of the castle and defend the lands around the castle. Right, sure. so it has a military function and it has this law enforcement function.
1: I, I wonder, was that Viking led? Like, kind of like a it got set up in response to like Viking raids and stuff. Like I mean, area would kind of need. This a, is
2: just, I mean. And it's probably due to that in the English example, but the Normans had sort of the same thing oh, going I'm to sure, Normandy. Sure. Basically, this is the fact that there is no distinction at this period of time between civil and military authority, which is oh. another thing Americans don't understand. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. The idea that like a random like, bureaucrat yeah. is also Powerful. an arm, well, oh, is an army officer, oh, right? Yeah, like yeah, has yeah. military authority right. is is foreign to us, Right. Um, So a sheriff in medieval England was another law enforcement agent. They collected all of the rents, debts, and fines due to the crown within their jurisdiction, Mm. as well as enforcing law and order. (laughs) Which made them just so popular. popular. That's That's why Sheriff (laughs) (laughs) Anandahan
0: is the villain, Justice. Yeah. Uh. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) So they could
2: raise, and this is truly terrifying, they could raise, quote, hue and cry against criminals. Which, in effect, deputized... Hue and cry? Yeah, that's the... Like, it's a legal term. Basically, they're like, that person over there is a criminal. Like, are about to hue and cry. Like, that that person over there is a criminal. So Mm -hmm. you're raising hue and cry. You're gonna get a posse? Basically. It essentially deputized the entire population against the criminal. Because of the legal immunity granted to those responding to hue and cry, and their ability to dispense summary judgment upon those who appeared to have guilt on their person... These were little better than lynch mobs, right? Like, if you killed a person while responding to hue and cry, it wasn't murder. Hmm. And yeah, if, if you... Was England them. basically doing the
0: purge? Kind of.
2: <laughs> 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 but, I mean, was that, like, common medieval, like, yeah. justice? Basically,
1: yeah. Well, and
0: you gotta... At least,
2: so, so and, that's go- and that know is... Nothing. And that is going to be part of this story, is this is the point at where England is trying... So, basically, medieval England under the Anglo-Saxons and the Normans is an extremely dangerous place because you have Viking raids, you have rebellions, mm. right? It was dangerous under the Anglo-Saxons because you have Viking raiders and then you have the Normans invading. And under the Normans... And also multiple nations yeah, that are kind yeah. of like at war with each other. But then, uh, yeah, but yeah. under the Normans, the Normans are interlopers. They have conquered yeah. a country. They are not well-liked. And so the Normans have created a system by which they can control this country they now own. With a posse. Yeah, and the thing is is that what what they're doing is they're setting up trusted ap- trusted officials, lords, Mm -hmm. in castles. Someone once described uh Norman castles as essentially being aircraft carriers for Norman knights. Uh, Right? Like the knights. Yeah. The knights were based in a castle. They could ride out from the castle to do whatever they needed to do and ride back. Or a bit like a Um, fueling station in early industrial warfare where it's
1: like every single country on earth wanted to make sure that they had like a couple of fueling stations in every hemisphere because that allowed them to project power wherever they wanted. And and I'm assuming in the Norman example, it's like, yeah, all right, fine. You can get... Say you get 500 knights, Mm -hmm. and you're like, all right, run them over to the other side of the country to deal Mm -hmm. with whatever rebellion. If they're... If they're going from like one side of the country all the way to the other side of the yeah. country, there's so many like extra things you have to worry about, like yeah. how many villages are they going to burn yeah. down, yeah. like how much yeah. bullshit are they going to do on the way there, yeah. how are we going to feed them, yeah. how are we gonna, you know. So you so have you these have, castles yeah. where they can stop. Is this
2: mostly in the southern
0: England? This or is, is this all... is
2: in what we would call England, which is not Wales and not Scotland. Okay. Wales and Scotland but, are still at this point independent countries. Okay, um, they will not be uh England will eventually conquer both of those places um but for right now in the in the period of time we're talking about in the 1150s 1160s this is just England so the the middle basically the southeastern southwestern and middle portions of the british Isle okay. of great britain that is the place we're talking about and these these castles go all around um and so being the lord of a castle right so being taken together being a lord, a constable, and a sheriff it made you an ruled. extremely powerful person. It would have fucking ruled so yeah, hard. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so, if you
1: don't have morals being a constable, yeah, would have yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. ruled Just. so hard. So, and that's, it, so much power. It, and and so, a lot of times, too, they're, like people, like our work day, like the idea you wake up at 7, and you get ready, and you uh, get to the office by 8.30 or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Nobody had that mm-hmm. back in the day. If you were the constable of a castle, most days are like lord of a castle, king... Mm-hmm, Most of the time, you'd wake up, you'd push off... Whatever, like sex worker, or whatever, like whatever mistress you had yeah, in bed maybe, with you. Yeah. You push out, you out, you hang out for a while. Maybe you go hunting. Yeah. Maybe you drink, then go hunting, then drink some more. Then at the end of the night, you have a big fucking feast yeah. with all of your friends. Like most of the time, it's like you didn't idle, do shit. usually. Or, 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 well, I mean, maybe
2: you could. Or uh, the other, the other side of that coin is you <laughs> might be busy all the fucking time. Right Because especially if With the bosses, well, yeah, because there's there's regions of England has got to have that posse control. <laughs> posse. <laughs> there are regions of England along the... Uh, there, there are two I regions of posse power. Of, posse control was, Michael, you're not giving that joke what it deserves. Posse
1: control is a good joke. I'm so there are
2: two There are two regions of England that you would not want to be a lord in if you are subscribing to the Adam Coonan version of mm. lording, which is the... Scotland. Scotland, Scotland. The, no, the Scottish marches and the Welsh marches. And the marches are like the... 50 miles or so within the border and these areas are highly militarized Uh, these these lords are the ones who have never they they might have a mistress maybe uh but that is purely because they are they married their wife because they were like told they had to uh these are people who don't enjoy themselves they are constantly out Looking for infiltrators, looking for rebels, protecting looking... the border. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you would. Jesus, English border control seems terrible. It does.
1: It's basically our border control, but like worse. Like like with a little bit more sass, I guess. A little bit like a little bit more like sarcasm. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. a little bit more. An like, English hey, wit? Did you think you were going to cross? of this border and you're like fuck you <laughs> God, i did so, i did think so that
2: so nicola was <laughs> one of three daughters and thus co-heiress okay. uh, to her father richard de la Haye, uh, and his wife matilda her mother's name is matilda okay so richard died in 1169 without a son uh, and so under english inheritance <laughs> well, that's laws yeah. exactly
1: <laughs> got to get it in
3: otherwise <laughs> i'm sorry
2: so under english inheritance laws his property was to be settled equally upon his three daughters but since you can't split a castle three ways, and Nicola being the eldest, she inherited the post of constable of Lincoln Castle. So she inherits that title because the castle goes to her.
1: And that's pretty uncommon. Like that's never happened before. Or? So we're getting
2: to that. Oh, so for long stretches of her life, this title was in effect held by her husbands. Right. Uh, her t- she was married twice. Her first her first husband is a man named William FitzErnest, who dies sometime before. 11- William Fitz Ernest. Ernest. Yeah. William Fitz Ernest. Ernest, there's no Ernest. T. Oh. Yeah, it's not the it's not the the word Ernest. Ernest goes to jail yeah. or whatever. It's not... no. <laughs> Fitz Ernest goes to camp. <laughs> we're not, we're camp. not doing <laughs> Ernest jokes. <laughs> <All right>. um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what's happening. Now anymore. he dies. He dies in eleven before eleven eighty five. We're never going to talk about him again. Okay. Uh, her second husband is a guy named Gerard de Camville, who died in late twelve fourteen or early twelve fifteen. Did she have kids? She had this marriage produced three children. Did
1: the first marriage produce children?
2: Uh, I'm not sure. I, it my research didn't actually oh, okay. say uh, in which uh, marriage. I she had know. one son named Richard and two daughters, Matilda, and another daughter named Nicola.
0: More Matildas. So,
2: so many, many Matildas. Matildas. Yeah. yeah. So little is known about Nicholas' first husband, so let's not worry about him. Uh, life had not been kind to <laughs> Let's. You know. Honestly,
1: I want to ask a few questions about him. <laughs> I want to just, like, for instance, do you think he was a good guy? <laughs>
2: We don't know. He was a Norman mm. noble in the eleven seventies. Bad guy. Yeah. All right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> How big?
2: Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Same <laughs> answer. See <Same laughs> my previous answer. Oh, no, we no so
1: Wait Norman, so no bigger than two inches.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> managed to get past the goalpost. (laughs) Well,
3: you know, you're a knight.
2: (laughs) Jousted that shit right in there. So life had not been kind to Nicola and her second husband, Gerard. Uh, So when Henry II died in 1189, Nicola and her husband traveled to France to have their rights in Lincoln Castle confirmed by the new King Richard. However, Richard had already left for the Third Crusade, oh, so a man bummer. named that's a rough like
3: ooh you just, just missed,
2: missed him. Him. <laughs> <laughs> he won't be back for like seven years. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. So, William... oh, where did Richard he go? the Lionheart. Yeah, Richard the Lionheart had already left for mm-hmm. the Third Crusade. So, a man named William de Longchamp, uh, who had been <laughs> <Is> a <laughs> <DeLong>? <laughs> Yeah, DeLongchamp. You <laughs> well, me hear to say he might
1: have put Richard
2: to shame. <laughs> <laughs> I feel
1: mean, like DeLongchamp had a
2: you know. You're gonna love a your guys had a, a, of a a tripod <laughs> situation going you're on. Gonna you know love, I mean? You're gonna love you're gonna a name that not comes not up later like related. You're gonna come you're gonna love a name that's gonna come up later. It so, wasn't phallic-related, you don't think? I, I don't... You know, no. No, obviously it was, not. It was. It was.
0: <laughs> so, he...
2: doctor,
1: a- <laughs> when he was born, the
0: doctor was like, let me
1: pull him out by his legs. <laughs> ah, one of those was a dick. <laughs> uh, so, we're going to name him DeLong Champ. <laughs> so... <laughs> He'd been appointed. <laughs> so That'd be a great like sports name, like Chip going down the, game, champs, oh, the field. He came the region <laughs> of
2: long Chip. I
1: don't know. Long bomb <laughs> to and it's a touchdown.
2: So he had been appointed by Richard to be Lord Chancellor in his absence. Wow. So he's essentially running the country in his absence. Hey, listen. The long champ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know how you're a fucking he got that long, long champ energy. <laughs> you know how you got
1: that the long champ energy?
2: <laughs> Big champ. So William ordered them out of the castle, right? He doesn't confirm their rights to Lincoln Castle. Oh. And and her husband, refused to leave. So Gerard, so he's like, you don't get Lincoln Castle anymore. Oh. And they're like, no, we're going to stay. So Gerard... Sweet. Where's Lingen Castle? In the Midlands. It's, okay. It's, it's on, it's on our, the border. I need a reminder. No, it's... a, here. a lot going on. It's, <laughs> it's about 50 to 100 miles north And where's of London? London. <laughs> uh, London's in south... <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's, London is like southern, southeastern England. <laughs> Adam Lacks might be one of the least cultured people I know. I know nothing about <laughs> England.
3: <laughs> like, so I think it's on
1: an ocean. It's not an
0: ocean. <laughs> it not an ocean? <laughs> it's a, Where does it's London come into this? <laughs> whole
1: country? Is it a whole country? Is it just a county? <laughs> So, Listen, I've got a DeLongchamp to explain it all to you. It's going to be great. (laughs) So,
2: Gerard fled to Prince John, Richard's younger brother, at Nottingham. So, Gerard runs away to Nottingham. uh, While Nicola held out against a month-long siege from an army sent by DeLongchamp to to evict them. So, during the siege, she was said to have held the castle with whatever this means. Okay. Quote... Some a contemporary said of her in her defense of Lincoln Castle, "quote She defended the castle quote without thinking of anything womanly." End quote. I don't know what that means. I am not certain of like how one defends a castle womanly or womanly. Showed off her vagina.
1: I mean, probably, honestly, it was probably like she just picked up a fucking spear and started stabbing people in the face. Or, or right? like, I mean,
2: honestly, I think what it is, is that indeed surviving a siege, its the siege lasts some month. And right? sieges are not fun.
1: They're, they, yeah, they suck. Uh,
2: so indeed, surviving a siege of any duration during the Middle Ages is, an, is, a, is a testament to her steadiness in being alone, right? It's a very lonely position to be in. Um, It's like vulnerable. Yeah. Right.
1: Like you're it's literally you can't like imagine being in a prison cell. Right. That's the size of like essentially the the house or castle you live in or whatever. But like you either just stay, Mm -hmm. continue to starve, continue to be sick, continue to be thirsty or you give up. And do you know what's going to happen when you give up? You're going to be starved and you're going to be you're thirsty. And yeah, or not, not necessarily because you'd get, like especially for uh this particular person's, mm-hmm. she probably have gotten taken captive, yeah. held for ransom or whatever. Yeah. Sometimes they were treated well. A lot of times they weren't treated well. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's it's
2: not a good place to be.
1: It's like a and it, it's almost especially. At this point in time, if I remember correctly, you could, like, hold out a siege
2: on your own within your own castle. Like, yeah. if you
1: had enough stores and stuff. Yeah, no,
2: it's absolutely, because armies tended to be so ill-equipped and ill-managed that they'd run out of food before. Yeah, you. yeah. The, oh, yeah. It,
1: the logistics for an mm-hmm. army is a lot harder than the uh, logistics yeah. Yeah. for a castle, right? So yeah, you yeah. would hold out, but, like, it's still one of those things yeah. where it's, like... If that are, you don't know Mm -hmm. what the food supply is on the army outside. You only know your food supply. I don't know. It's it's one of those situations in history that's always, I found, very like. Fascinating in a very macabre sort of way. Like, how
2: would I deal with this kind of situation? How would you know? It's... I would not have dealt with it as well. Uh, but it's a testament <laughs> to her. Uh, lot <laughs> <laughs> a lot of crying. A lot of crying. This for me too. I'm not. A lot of crying. So, I'm her, so
1: hungry. Well, why would anyone
2: make me a hot pocket? <laughs> uh, but her leadership abilities in keeping the knights and retainers on her side. In uh, her administrative abilities in keeping supplies around for the garrison, so Nicola outlasted De Longchamp's forces, and the Lord Chancellor restored Gerard to the posts of constable and sheriff, nice. but had him excommunicated because Longchamp was also the Bishop of Ely. <laughs> um, so uh, I'm going Richard- to refer Wait. to him as De Short Wait, but how-, <laughs> <or so. laughs> how many different titles did De Longchamp have? He was—he's uh, the Lord Chancellor of England, and at minimum, the other one is Bishop of Ely. Bishop uh, of where? Ely, E L Y. It's a place in England. I
1: mean, I, I assume it's a
2: place in England. It's but yeah. either
1: a place in England or in Hogwarts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So um,
0: wait. So, so there was no line in between, like a church no. and like state? church and state, state? nothing. Nobility, nope. whatever. They they could be both, like yeah, Lord absolutely. and Bishop.
2: Yeah, we'll get to we'll get to another one of those in in, in a minute here. But so um, so Richard the returns to England uh, to england and france in 1194 and, and he removes gerard from both posts yet again uh, but not the castle this time so he gets to oh, keep lincoln castle but he's no longer the constable or the sheriff so their fortunes change yet again in 1199 with the coronation of king john nicola and her husband were some of the few members of the nobility who were able to maintain a cordial relationship with john um, he returned Nicola and her husband to Lincoln they, Castle. They had a
1: lot to, uh, they had a lot to like relate about in that they both had terrible nicknames, mm-hmm. and so they're like, like, what was their husband's name again? The
2: Gerard de Camville. De Camville. Yeah. Oh no! Never mind. Mm-hmm. God damn um, it. And get, around. Uh, 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 and, uh, <laughs> now, uh, you get to just sit there
0: And then just
1: drop a C word Get a huge laugh Here I'm over here Working my ass off
2: so, And Adam's just over there Just like Decon <laughs> uh, Win 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 So around this time <laughs> We
1: are driving Michael Quint.
2: No no I no, said we I think we it might just are. be me <laughs> no,
0: but Nicola... Achieving our mission yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mission accomplished boys Ladies and gentlemen We got it <laughs> Now, uh, back the to <laughs> so
2: So, so Nicola's son Richard married, and soon Nicola welcomed a granddaughter. Idinea is her name. Idinea. The most unique name in this whole story is her it granddaughter. Sorry, what? Idinea? Idonea. I-, I. I. D. O. N. E. A. Idonea.
1: After yeah. Shakespeare, there was just a little bit of creativity. <laughs> this is like, like three hundred years before. She <laughs> just
0: absorbed all, right, all. You don't have to look at me and say
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> i <laughs> <laughs> You know what, listener? There, I'm going to I'm coming sh- off.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what were you, you saying? <laughs> they had to save it all for Shakespeare, man. <laughs> Ida
1: stole a little of that creativity. (laughs) She's like, you know what, I'm going to take a little bit just for my child. Also, I would like to point out to the listener Mm -hmm. that the way Dr. (laughs) History Scholar looked at me with just like this (laughs) level
3: of just
1: disrespect (laughs) and anger, Shakespeare won't come around for another 300 years.
0: Oh, oh, sorry about that.
1: My Shakespeare timeline was a little off. I was busy getting laid in <laughs> All right, I'm so, sorry. i off
2: the rails this so episode, this is, guys. This is the, the name I think you two are going to like the most. Right? <laughs> okay. So Idenaea, her I'm granddaughter, home. would be betrothed <laughs> to the son of a powerful lord, okay. William Longsword. 3rd Earl of Salisbury, an illegitimate son of King Henry II. Nicola, Nicola and Longsword would spar over Lincoln Castle in the future. Mm-hmm. Now, there are, his name... Do you like when they spar? The Longchamp and Longsword. Longsword. When they
1: sparred, do they windmill it? <laughs> <laughs> like, it was, it was just two guys facing each other, seeing who can windmill their dicks harder. You know what I mean? And I, the, the lady Nicola Delahaye is windmilling. No, no, no. Who's, who's her husband?
2: Gerard. We don't care about DeLong Gerard. Champ. Oh, yeah. We, we don't care we, about so Gerard. DeLong- Champ.
1: No, DeLongchamp was not <laughs> the Lord Gerard. Champ. There's a
2: lot of damn. I, I've lost track. <laughs> <laughs> England's getting real telenovela. So Longsword isn't the guy's actual name. It's mm-hmm. a nickname. Huh. And there are two <laughs> there are two historian <laughs> theories uh, about what his nickname is. It's either a the fat father
1: huge hog or fat guy. <laughs> And everyone's no. like, listen, that's a little too on the nose. Let's go with Longstar. <laughs> Let's maybe throw a metaphor into What's,
0: what's that, like, the, the answer is the most obvious one? Uh, the, the theory or something like that? Occam's, or, uh, Occam's yeah. razor. Yeah. <laughs> so, so why could he possibly be
1: called this? Also, why every time he leaves tracks, there's two, there's a set of footprints, and there's just a long line in between them that just trails.
2: So, so, the actual, the actual theme is, is that one? He's very tall. Uh, he's he's he's, he's uh, the Plantagenets are all very tall. Uh-huh. Um, like for instance, Edward the First. You know what is, they say about shoe size. Is uh, <laughs> Edward the First is nicknamed Longshanks, right? Uh-huh. For a reason. Uh, he was over six feet tall. All of the Plantagenets are very tall. So he's an illegitimate son. Mm-hmm. That's part His of it. His son, Edwin Lowballs, mm-hmm. had the same <laughs> and some the, somewhat similar name. <laughs> the, other, the, other, the other theory is, is that because he was so much physically larger than everyone else, he used oversized weapons in combat, oh, right? Yeah. And so he might have actually just used a longsword. Um, or uh, or wasn't,
1: wasn't the Scottish broadsword like famous at the time? Or yeah. claymore, Scottish yeah. claymore? It was like. Fucking seven feet long, like yeah. it's this ridiculous goddamn sword. And only like eight Scottish people in mm-hmm. the history of Scotland have ever been able to like wield one. But apparently, you would just send one of these guys out against an infantry unit, and they just win. Mm-hmm. Like it's like oh, like oh, his sword is as long as all of our spears. So I <laughs> really? guess we
2: lose. Yeah, it's very. So following anyway. the death of her second husband, so Gerard yeah. de Camville dies Good. in late 1214, early 1215. Also, real stepdad energy on Gerard. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Real so, stepdad. so Nick. Nicola declared herself femme soul a woman alone. She was now legally on her legal own. Title. Yes, this was a legal term that existed fem in... Fem-soul. soul, fem soul <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of femme souls yeah, in America. Yeah. So She was
1: on 2chan.
0: 4chan yeah. would, would come later. Yeah. <laughs> she, yeah,
1: that's a
2: Discord channel. It's the Middle Ages. It's 1chan, yeah. obviously. She... And, she That's now fun. held all of her property in her own right. Ooh, she could able to do that. She could sign contracts and wow. hold offices. So Anglo, Isn't that adorable? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Anglo, <laughs> just, <laughs> men from miles around just came around just to
1: pat her on the head <laughs> like a bunch of fucking assholes. Wow, look Ooh. at her sign that. Oh, Jeez a- oh, Louise, <laughs> just see this? Wow, things really do change, but like not too much.
0: <laughs> Still can't get a credit card. Like.
2: <laughs> hey, listen, I know
1: you might try to get some credit from those Venetians, but you can't trust those motherfuckers. All right, I'm just saying.
2: Now, this 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 aspect of Anglo Norman law was meant to protect elderly widows from being taken advantage of. Like yeah. that is the purpose of this law. Uh, is she's already has she was in her early to mid 60s at this point. She has children, including a son, Which and she has in grandchildren. in Middle
1: Ages is 173. Like, yeah. it's, not, <laughs> it's
2: very old. And so since it was unlikely that she was going to remarry, right, this was a legal... Uh, mechanism by which she can run her own affairs.
0: So you need to designate yourself as a woman alone yes. so that no one fucks and with you. And know. you could
2: only do it after having like, like tried to not be alone. Yeah. <laughs> really? Well, and 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 the the thing is is that this the reason this like uh, there's a reason from later in the middle ages of why this kind of law existed. Um, there was um Edward IV uh, marries a woman uh, whose their the family are called the Wood, uh, their family name is Woodville. And so one of her brothers or cousins is a guy named John Woodville. He has no titles, but he's a knight. He married uh, Catherine Neville, the Duchess of Norfolk, uh, in the 15th century. This is a couple hundred years later. Now, John Woodville is 19, right? He has no titles. And Catherine uh, Neville is 65 (laughs) and is the Duchess of Norfolk. And people at the time are like, the only reason he's marrying her is she is one broken hip away from being dead, and yeah, then he yeah. will be Duke of Norfolk, okay, right? So, and he'll marry again after that, right? Um, First of all, he married smart. for money. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, basically never, never happened. happened. No, but, uh, but the point is is that this offended the sensibilities of aristocrats. I'm in the already to... offended. Because uh, <laughs> <Yeah>, <laughs>
1: how dare how dare this commoner, like, well, he's not a, his way. He's and... not a commoner. Well, how dare way. this low yeah, knight, like yeah. a hedge knight, right? Basically, they would have called yeah. him. How, yeah. how this low hedge knight... Weasel his way in, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. but oh, she. But she say. was Is a that, widow. That's she, why they. But
2: she was a widow who had children. A yeah. woman alone. So, she was, like, and
1: she looked at everyone and she was like, "Cause I want to come. Uh, that, she, I want to have <laughs> orgasms. And It I, would
2: be great." I don't think that's the reason they got married.
1: That's not the reason they got. Mm-hmm. No, that's no. the reason they met. What's the reason they got married?
2: <laughs> 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 anyway. So so now she holds the, con- the title of constable so she's in a her own soul. Ride. Yeah, she's alone. Now, while I feel like yeah. that's
0: a great title to like, you want to get rid of fuckboys. You're like, I'm a femme soul.
1: No, that's a real thing.
0: <laughs> I know. Yeah, so, on the yeah, internet, yeah, you're, yeah, you're yeah, like, souls, yeah, you're souls, designate souls, that, you designate that. So plant I'm, your flag.
2: She was an incel. No. Femcel. She was a cell. <laughs> so while life up to 1215 might have been a trial <laughs> at times for Nicola de la Haye, it had never been worse for King John. And in this was sown the seeds of Nicola de la Haye's finest hour. But first, we must discuss John and Magna Carta. So we have oh, an the interlude. Magna Carta's coming. We have an interlude. Well, the Magna
1: Carta already got signed, right? It's in 1215. Oh, he's the one they signed it against. Yeah. Oh. So the interlude so is Magna us. Carta you gaslighting fuck. (laughs) You're like, hey, listen, we're going to have an episode about the first female sheriff. This shit's about the Magna Carta. You need to be honest with us in the future. (laughs) So
2: so Magna Carta is a keystone of liberal democracy.
1: (laughs) What's your favorite form of government?
2: Liberal democracy. Oh, oh. So it's, its effect is so great, not because it's a particularly liberal or democratic document, but because future generations reached back to it, uh, to Magna Carta, as a marker that God did not make kings, nor did he make the rest of the human race to serve them. So, the question mm. is, why did Magna Carta come I mean, to That's pass. one person's mm. opinion. <laughs> now, the why did Magna Carta happen has two broad answers one clear and one opaque. So, the clear answer anyone who's familiar with Magna Carta. And for or even our listeners, can you define opaque? Uh, oh, no, I'm not just, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> uh, we're having fun. Don't <laughs> get me we're having fun. No. So, so if you have a passing familiarity with Magna Carta or even just Robin Hood, you, you know the clear answer. The clear answer is that King John Wait, was Robin
0: Hood created Magna Carta. No,
2: but he's set during this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, oh, really? Like... Yeah, yeah. yeah because he's Hood always was... fighting with King John, right? Oh. The Sheriff of Nottingham. Oh, yeah, right. Robin so Hood, that girl, oh, the uh, it's all making
0: yeah. connections right now. So King, he, was he, he real? Was yeah. Robin Hood ish. real? Ish. ish?
2: Yeah. There were people called Robin Hood. Kind of. It's unclear. Oh, but anyway, interesting. The point is, is that King John
1: one... Disney movie that stars <laughs> animated animals. animals. Foxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A chicken that plays football and taught me
3: anything. That Robin, Robin, Hood, was Robin, Robin Hood was real and he was a fox.
1: Yeah. And he foxy, had dude. sex with a foxy fox made mm-hmm. Marion. Mm-hmm. And they had fox sex
2: behind a waterfall.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's everything I learned. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: Those fox fucked, man. So it's a good song. I so song. so King John was a terrible king. Uh, whom the barons and the common people could no longer abide. He was vindictive, manipulative, greedy, cruel, treacherous, and a murderer. Uh, There is some truth. So name a thing that other kings aren't. So again, (laughs) we're going to get (laughs) to that.
3: There
1: is... (laughs) He was a terrible king. He killed people just because he could. He started wars all the time. He just... Owned a whole country (laughs) just because God said he could.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So there is some truth to this, uh, that King John did raise the taxes. He tripled royal revenues in less than 10 years. Oh, nice. Uh, Well, I want you to think about that for a moment. Because U.S. tax revenues in 2023, I looked this up. U.S. tax revenues for 2023 was $4.5 trillion. That is how much money. Now, imagine it reaching $13.5 trillion in revenue by 2033- And have it be consistent. So you also have to remember that there is no income tax in England in the 13th century, meaning that most of the taxes that they're placing are excise taxes who affect poor people far more than rich people. Because you can't, in the 13th century, it is really hard to actually calculate how much money people actually have yeah, the yeah, amount yeah. of money you will spend doing it will be worth that it will cost in yeah. administrative fees will be more than what you'll bring in mm-hmm. so instead you so just excise slap ta-
0: tax is just like taking shit from well people. like no it's like yeah, sales i actually taxes. don't know what an excise so, so, tax is. i'm kind of vaguely familiar <laughs> so with an it.
2: excise tax is essentially a sales tax on a okay. specific item you're like i'm gonna tax we're in a tax. yeah we'll tax cigarettes so in the in the 13th century, mm-hmm. there'll be a tax on beer. There's a tax on flour. There's a tax on people. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Was so, t- <laughs> but the point being that to triple royal revenue in 10 years means you are squeezing, squeezing everybody people, yeah. as hard as you can. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's uh,
1: interesting too because could you imagine if we tripled the
2: mm-hmm. U.S. yearly
1: like mm-hmm. federal revenue? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'd be bananas. Like, uh, the, like, the, the amount of like uh, uh, power yeah. that the U.S. government would be able
2: to project would be insane. Yeah. Like, it, so yeah. he took hostages. No. Uh, no. King John does. I mean, uh, within England or yes. like, in- like he takes the sons and daughters of nobles who don't want oh, to pay their shit. taxes, uh, and indeed ordered the execution of many of essence. them. Uh, yeah, he like executed. He like hanged several nine-year-olds because their parents. Jesus. didn't do what he wanted them to do. Uh, uh, he almost certainly, he almost certainly ordered the murder of his nephew, Arthur. Uh, so who oh. theoretically had a better claim to the throne than himself. His Arthur uh, his, uh, his, his nephew is, um, the son of the, the second son of their, of his father. Um, now he fought and he fought ruinous wars with France, uh, and his reaction to the nobility when they questioned Wait, him. So he's
1: fighting ruinous wars while the king is already on crusade, right? No,
2: no he does that too, but after he becomes king. After Richard dies, John becomes oh, king. Uh, sorry, I, and, I guess yeah. I, the Disney movie is yeah. infecting my brain yeah. and making me think Richard comes yeah. back and then you know, yeah. So he names
1: every toilet John, yeah. Yeah. just like that really good movie with Dave Chappelle. Back yeah. Back um, so
2: he uh, and his reaction to his nobles whenever they questioned him about this was violence. Right. He he is not a person who like takes criticism well. Um, so as king. You can be vicious or you can be an idiot, but you can't be a vicious idiot. Yeah, you yeah. get to you get to pick one. Yeah. Um, well, so, you can do both, but for, for a, a very really short, short yeah, amount yeah, of time. Yeah, so yeah, the yeah, more yeah. opaque answer lies with John's father, Henry II. And this comes to your point Lax, when you're like, was it just sort of a lawless abandon? So Henry II the second is the first of the so-called Plantagenet family, and he rules England from 1154 until his death in 1189.
0: Well, Plantagenet is the last name. Yeah. Not a word. It it comes All from
2: right. it comes from uh, Henry's father is named Geoffrey, Uh, and his nickname is Plantagenet because he like wore like a, a flower in his cap or something like that. And it's okay. kind of, it's like a plant adgenet. Classic ad, uh, French creativity. Well, it's French. Um, but anyway, so he's <laughs> the grandson. So Henry, the second is the grandson of Henry the first and thus the great grandson of William, the conqueror through his mother. Right. Mm. Um, he is most well-known, his most well-known act is the ordering the murder of the Archbishop of Canterbury, uh, Thomas Beckett. Yeah, yeah, Quote, yeah, will no one rid me of this turbulent priest. What he actually mm. said was actually worse, because that is like kind of vague. Uh, he apparently actually said to his court, to like the knights around him. What miserable drones and traitors have I nurtured and promoted in my household who let their lord be treated with such shameful contempt by a low-born cleric? Is what he actually said, which is basically like, how dare all of you let this guy talk shit about me? (laughs) Someone better go murder him. Um,
1: So much of this shit. I don't
2: know how they put up with monarchy for so
0: goddamn long. It's the same way people put up. Souls. guns. Yeah. But but no, it's just and it just fuels it's the worst people. Mm-hmm. It's
1: mafia. Mm-hmm. It's the same fucking thing. Like basically you get you get a, a power structure that's hierarchical, right? Yeah. You generally have one, maybe a couple of people at the top, right? But that 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 threat of violence and yep. the promise of uh, protection from that violence. Like the yeah. reason they always talk for about a made men. Of people, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and especially with nobility, one of the yeah, things, especially for noble men, you could not be touched by a commoner. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like if they touched you, you could just execute them. Yeah, like the, yeah. the, the level of power you had over a regular person was like absurd. And you can see. That those same dynamics that happen in like any Russian mafia, Italian mafia, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Those same dynamics happen, but like on a geopolitical level, where there's yeah. a king being like, "Which one of you motherfuckers let them disrespect me? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. means you disrespected me. That means what of you cracks has, a has fucking to fucking skull." Yeah, it, it, it's it's that fucking thug ass yeah. mentality, yeah. and that, they, like it never and, it never solved anything ever in the history of everything.
2: Yeah, and they murdered Thomas Beckett on the altar of the cathedral at canterbury mm. like peeled mm. out his brain I read that play I
0: remember I that
2: play Yeah, his yeah. So I don't
1: care Now his actual so much about that That's it's fine. just a building to me anyway, <laughs> anyway but his <laughs> most but now his
2: his most enduring practical achievement so what Henry so Henry II is most known for the murder of uh, Thomas Beckett, but the thing that like he actually accomplished in his nearly 40 years on the throne or his 45 years on the throne um is the, he overhauls the English legal system. He is considered the founder of the English common law. He begins the process, and this is to your point of, like, when you're like, is it just a lawless abandon? Henry II is attempting to fix that. Mm. He is sometimes referred to quite uh, grandiosely by historians as the English Justinian, because Justinian mm. is mm. the Byzantine emperor who yeah. codifies the law. Um, so... Henry overhauled the English legal system and so for the first time laid down rules that applied to every layer of society, serfs, freemen, and nobility. Now, the execution of these laws was never even, but Henry II and Richard I got away with it by being tireless, competent, and to your point, Coonan, ruthless. Mm-hmm. Since John was none of these except for the last one, no. his legalities were far more galling because basically under the common law... On paper, and everyone understood this, like, the common law let individuals, let common people take each other to court. It -hmm. let them take even their nobles to court for certain things, like rents and so forth, Mm -hmm. and... Also, the law demanded that they obey the law. The law was very severe, like Mm -hmm. punishment was very severe. Mm. So the idea that everyone else in society has to obey the law and John is constantly flouting it Mm -hmm. is the thing that really rubbed people the wrong way. Because again, Richard I and Henry II would ignore portions of the law. Right. But the general public sentiment exactly would have been once, that like yeah. they instituted these harsh laws, but they more or less followed yeah. them the way everyone else does. But John doesn't. Yeah. So from the beginning of his reign, John had waged war in France. Now, the war went poorly and ended in 1214 with the loss of Normandy, Barrie, Taron, Maine, and Anjou. So he literally lost... Like half almost
1: of almost all of what his father had yes. gained, yes, <laughs> uh, and they were left
2: with. Uh, <laughs> I love
1: a good story about a fail son. Yeah, you know what I mean, like a rich fail son mm-hmm. who's just like, I'm going to be just as good as my kid. Yeah, and yeah, you're yeah. like, No, you're not. No, you're so
2: not. they were left with parts of what uh, is called Gascony and Aquitaine, which is like the region from the Pyrenees to the uh, the uh, from the border of Spain to the to the uh, Bay of Biscay on the southwestern coast. Mm. So we're, they, they're they left with southwestern France. So the Angevin Empire, which is the empire built by That's Henry far. II, was lost. Uh, the barons rebelled. And by May 17th, 1215, they had entered London. The rebel barons entered London, and through it all, Nicola remained loyal to her king. She's one of the few nobles who does. Why? Do you know why? I think it's her personal gratitude that mm. John had been, a, yeah. had been, you know, Richard and uh, had, had kicked them out of Lincoln Castle um, whereas John had you know, respected their rights uh, to
1: their castle. So it's basically one of the only things John did that was like more or less legit mm-hmm. and like just was yes. giving them their castles. Yeah. So they're like, ah, I guess yeah. they're they're
2: basically Finland in the Second mm-hmm. World War. <laughs> they're like, well, so they uh, we got to be on this. These side rebel cause... these rebel barons decided to put guardrails on John's royal authority. And so it was at Runnymede, which is about twenty miles away from London. Uh, on June 15th, 1215, that John was forced to sign Magna Carta. It gave the barons greater rights within the realm of taxation. It gave the church greater rights. It confirmed the rights of the City of London. Uh, it reformed, what does that mean? Uh, so the City of London had various liberties that like the rest of England didn't have. It is now written down that London has special rights within trade and so forth. Oh, and so it's like the free trade zone. Yeah, and it's the city it's, of London, oh, okay. which is a very small area. Uh, like, modern London is not the city of London. Right, right. Yeah, so it's, this is referring to that area, okay, that city okay. of London. Um, it reformed local government, uh, which was a big problem with the sheriffs, you know, taking, collecting debts and taxes and stuff. It gave knights more of a say in government, and it forced the king to obey the law. Its most famous clause, which is still on the books in England, so this part is still operative in English law, reads, "...no freeman shall be taken or imprisoned, or deceased of his freehold, or liberties, or free customs, or be outlawed, or exiled, or in any other way destroyed, nor will we not pass upon him, nor condemn him, but by lawful judgment of his peers, or by the law of the land." We shall not sell to no man, and we will deny neither. Uh, we will not deny or defer to any man either justice or right. So basically, this is like the the, the seeds of habeas corpus of mm-hmm. like and, our and, yeah, fourth property, yeah. essentially yeah. Well, a property, yeah. but also like that you can't seize uh, the government can't seize someone's property without. Just due process. Cars. Yeah, 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 without a reason. Yeah, yeah, without a reason. And so you have the seeds of that there. Now you'll Well,
1: and I should say not just a reason but without a good reason. Yeah, without a reason within the law. Without a reason yeah. within
2: the law. So you'll notice the use of the word freeman, right? It says we will uh, no freeman. Now, this was indeed a document that did not affect a majority of the population. So unfree serfs, peasants made up about 60% of the population in the early mm-hmm. 1200s. Mm-hmm. So the rest were either, you know, Barons, which is what we're using to describe the upper aristocracy, knights, or yeomen, right, mm-hmm. who are free. Um, now, th- uh, however, this and was... Freedom in this, in this society
1: wasn't so much just like a legal question, it was more of an economic question. Because it was whether me. or not you owned your own land, yeah. or you were renting from the yeah. baron or lord. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. So
2: now this is so not... freemen owned their own land, and yeah. no uh, one could take it. Uh, okay. So okay. this was not the last Magna Carta. So it was reissued several times during the 13th century, and its first reissuance is in 1225, where the word freeman was re-replaced with the word man. So it doesn't say freeman, we will know freeman, it says no man, and even here, it would have been written in Latin. The Latin for man would have been understood in the 13th century as applying to both men and women, mm-hmm. right? as in the human race. Uh, now, there are rights for baronial women, especially around widows and marriage, uh but there is also a codified weight given to male testimony over female testimony in court so that is written into magna carta that, um, that's typical but how do
1: you how do you like what, like what what's the like ju- like every man testimony is worth 5 oh it's like, just
2: it's it, it, it's essentially i mean what it realistically you're, you're a
1: woman so yours is only worth 1.5 no
2: what it, what it realistically is is if you were to have a man and a woman who disagree the law is going to uh, believe the man. the man oh okay yeah. Um, Now, all of this is to say that this was an unprecedented step in the direction of liberal democracy, not only because it constrained the power of government, but it also codified the rights of the individual. So it does both of these things at the same time. There had been rights that had theoretically been codified before and there had been documents that had attempted to restrain power but never at the same time mm. and if you have one without the other it's kind of meaningless like why would a why would a ruler restrain their own power if they don't believe the people they're ruling have rights and how are am i am i supposed how to do people have rights exactly so this is the first time you get both of them at the same time yeah. so however all this political theory doesn't get in the way of our story on June 15th, 1215, John sealed Magna Carta. On August 24th, Pope Innocent III annulled Magna Carta. <laughs> king John formally rescinded the charter in September of 1215. At the same time, Innocent III excommunicated all of the rebel barons. There was to be war between royalists and rebels. Nicola de la Haye would be directly involved in the middle of that war. And, um, yes. Why did the Pope back the king? In this so,
1: because of uh, uh, divine right, divine right, yeah, okay, and
2: also the way it, it, it's 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 a kind of a quibbling kind of thing. The, the original mag. What's interesting is that the English Church, uh, the bishops in England, are all very pro Magna Carta mm-hmm. uh, because mm-hmm. the Magna Carta does in fact defend the rights of the church yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. within the within the country. Um, the, but Pope Innocent III is not a fan. Uh, he doesn't doesn't like it. Um, so, part two. Lincoln, Louis, and Delahaye. So London, England, in the summer of 1216, Prince Louis of France was now King Louis of England. If his old man could see him now, his father, Philip Augustus, had spent his whole life fighting with one English king or another, and now his son sat in London being proclaimed king of that country. The terrible King John was on the run, and only three castles were still in Lackland's possession. Windsor, Dover, and some godforsaken place called Lincoln, one of Louis's new vassals, Gilbert de Gant, had arrived only the day before with bags of gold from Lincoln. He told a story of an old woman named Delahaye holding the castle, and that she paid him off to not lay siege to the place. Mm. He was now asking for more men to go back and take the place for good. Louis believed he was going to like being king of England and of France. So when King John rescinded Magna Carta, some of the rebel barons took an unprecedented step they crossed the English Channel and met with Prince Louis of France and offered him the throne of England. (laughs) Louis, the eldest son of Philip Augustus of France, took them up on their offer, and in the spring of 1216, Louis invaded England. On June 2, 1216, Louis entered London, where he was welcomed by the populace and proclaimed King of England. At almost the same time, rebels under the man named Gilbert de Gant began attempted to lay siege to Lincoln Castle. Now Nicola buys them off, Gilbert would be back. So, King John now needed all the support he could muster. The Dela Hayes had been one of the few constant friends dating back all the way to the 1190s. So, in the early fall of 1216, John arrived in Lincoln Castle to be assured of Nicola's continued loyalty and support. At the gates, in front of the whole community, Nicola, now in her mid 60s, offered John the keys to the castle and asked to be relieved of her post as constable, claiming that her age prevented her from discharging her duties. John responded by saying, quote, my dear Nicola, I want you to hold on to the castle as you have so far until I decide otherwise, end quote. Several historians believe that this entire affair was staged for the benefit of the community, that Nicola had no intention of actually resigning. The local populace would see that their liege lady was trusted by a king, and made Nicola look important. And it makes John uh, more popular among the people of Lincolnshire who were supportive of their lady.
1: Right, because if he's if he's saying, I respect you mm-hmm. and everyone in the population
2: respects her because of her like leadership or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, this made, uh, on October 16th, 1216, John officially named Nicola Sheriff of Lincoln. She was the first woman to hold that rank in her own right. A few hours later, literally that night, John died. His (laughs) kingdom was left to his nine-year-old son, Henry III. He was crowned king in Gloucester, which is in northern England. But given that nine-year-olds are not allowed to rule, the lords around Henry appointed the greatest knight of the age, William Marshall, to be his regent. Marshall is now over 70, but he had served Henry II, Richard, John, and now Henry III. He served four kings. He had his work cut out for him. England was on fire from north to south, and there were only three castles in friendly hands, Windsor outside of London, Dover on the coast, and Lincoln. Finally, a French prince had proclaimed himself king of England and sat on the throne in London. Mm-hmm. It is often said that the best thing John did was die, but one of Nicola's modern biographers has amended it to, quote, appoint Nicola de la Haye as sheriff of Lincoln and then die, end quote. Oh, wow. <laughs> The death was good because.
1: Yeah, that's (laughs) interesting too because it's like you could see if he hadn't have died, things were going to be a lot
2: worse for them. Right, like because yeah. they're hanging on because you know mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. Oh, that's interesting. All right, go on, go on. So the death is a good thing because many of the rebel barons switch back to the English mm. side. Their quarrel had been with John, yeah, um, and not so with. So the, the problem died. Yeah, the problem died. Yeah. Their <laughs> problem was not with <laughs> like, the
1: state. Hey, so you know how we kind of like French people just because he's such an asshole. <laughs> he's yeah, dead now, so we're back to hating was. French people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we're well, like, like
0: maybe French would be better to rule us. <laughs> <That's laughs>
1: Like they were literally second on the list and he was one. Like that was just, that's how we were doing it. But you know what? He's gone now. And so you know what? You can go fucking eat your goddamn sales by yourself. Get out of here. Garlic eaters. Fish and chips and other terrible food that is not delicious to eat.
2: So Henry Henry the Third's regent is the widely respected William Marshall who very wisely promised to reinstate Magna Carta, right? Uh, by contrast, Louis had no intention of allowing Magna Carta, but rather a more informal promise not to be such a dick to the nobility. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Guys, that's such a, a French thing to do,
2: like, <laughs> it, no, 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 no,
1: don't worry, okay, I don't need to sign nothing, right? just, just <laughs> trust me. yeah, trust me. <laughs> Send all of your wives over and we all have dinner and I will send them back and everyone will be happy. That was kind of French Italian. I don't even know what I was doing right there. It was
2: vaguely offensive. I I (laughs) appreciated the effort. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) So uh, by their ones and twos and then by the a mon shit if I remember yeah. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. I love you. Yeah. So by their ones and twos and then by their dozens the barons returned to the house of Plantagenet. But it was not enough on its own. A major victory would be needed to rid the fr- the kingdom of its French interlopers. Mm. So in early 1217 Gilbert de Gant returns to Lincoln with a force of rebel barons de Gant. And, yeah, rebel barons and French troops to lay siege to the castle. Nicola de Hay. So while the city of Lincoln fell quickly, so the city of Lincoln surrounds Lincoln Castle, uh, the castle of Lincoln was a different matter. Nicola held one of the greatest fortresses in 13th century.
1: Yeah, England. I mean, and that was pretty common yeah. with castle and castle towns at the mm-hmm. time, is like, yeah. you kind of assumed the town would fall. Yeah. Right? Like, normally the town falls, right? But, Getting castle. into that middle castle where it's like, oh, you've got two huge walls and like arrow loops everywhere and boiling oil. Yeah. yeah. Well, much, the much, castle's usually
2: didn't fall. No. no they were most well, of the time. Though. So Lincoln is situated on a hill and the castle is near the top of that hill. Mm-hmm. The city is surrounded by a curtain wall in the rough shape of a rectangle. So Lincoln in the 13th century is roughly in a rectangle. Um. And the castle is embedded within that city wall on its western side, near the northern end. So, if you're picturing a rectangle, picture a square near the top left corner of that rectangle. Okay. Uh, the castle itself had two fortified mounds, essentially two different keeps and a curtain wall. So, it has two very strong towers surrounded by a wall. Furthermore, it's surrounded by a deep ditch. So, to get to the wall, you have to go through a, a very deep ditch, and there are only two gates a chicago deep ditch mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. i'm gonna kill myself all right <laughs> one of one of these it only has two gates one is to the east leading into the town and one is to the west leading to open fields right okay. exiting yeah. out to the this uh to the open country the yeah. western wall also had what is called a postern gate which is a hidden gate that about one or two people across mm-hmm. could walk through okay. right so it has Ways it's like in an escape gate. Basically. Yeah, but also a way to bring like supplies in. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's yeah. It's a hidden way in and out. Mm-hmm. Now, de Gant and the French began their siege probably in February of 1217, though this is actually unclear. It might have started a lot earlier, which makes what's about to happen even more impressive. The earlier that siege starts, the more impressive this yeah, yeah. story is. Um, in any event, Nicola commanded the garrison through the siege, fighting off several assaults and withstanding bombardment of the walls. Now in March Nicola's son Richard died, okay, meaning that her heir would now be her granddaughter Richard's daughter Idinea. Okay, that's just something to keep in mind. Now de Gant called on Nicola to surrender on several occasions, but and I love this description. But the quote, "very cunning, bad-hearted, and vigorous old woman." End quote. <laughs> Very cunning, yeah. Bad-hearted and vigorous, vigorous old woman. What? Yeah. What is? That? Refused on each occasion. Yeah, yeah. So she refused all calls to surrender. But by May of 1217, the supplies were running low, and if help did not arrive soon, Lincoln Castle would fall. Now, Louis rushed reinforcements under a French noble named the Count the Count de Perche in early May. This brought the besieging force to about 600 knights and an undetermined number of infantry. At the same time, Nicola reached out to William Marshall and Henry III for relief. Now, when Marshall, the region of England, receives word that Lincoln was in danger of falling, his chivalric side is brought to the fore. A seeming (laughs) damsel in distress held on against wicked enemies and was in need of rescuing. Now, Nicola probably wouldn't have characterized it as such, but um, he called in every lord he could think of, including those who were on the fence as to which side they were on, to meet at Newark, which is about 30 miles southwest of Lincoln. So William Marshall, Henry III, the papal legate, and seven bishops... Gathered with the, knight- the barons and knights who had arrived as the relief force, and after three days of organizing, on the 19th of May 1217, the nine-year-old Henry and the bishops departed for Nottingham. They're not going to be a part of the battle, while Marshall and the army of about 400 knights, 250 crossbowmen, and an unknown number of infantry marched for Lincoln. Medieval chroniclers don't give two shits no, about how they, many they, infantry there not, are. Yeah, they're they're, not, they're not counting even. knights. Yeah, there
1: <laughs> so <are> 200 knights. <laughs> Something like 75 crossbowmen and then like cattle. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> not like human beings <laughs> so much. Like, they're just kind of there doing... C- cannon fodder. In yeah. in the Chronicler's defense, mm-hmm. from what I understand, most of the time, mm-hmm. infantry were like pawns and chess Mm -hmm. like they're kind of there to just take up space and be cannon fodder but they weren't ever really used effectively in like a military yeah like like like,
2: like especially in Rome
1: Carthage a lot of countries would have used infantry in a way that was like unique or or uh, smart cunning tactical the Middle year. Ages, England is like no, well, just line up there. We'll do some shit with the knights later, and we'll, well see. And, and
2: that's the thing, especially at this period of the Middle Ages, um, chivalry and knighthood are at like their height. Uh, uh, there, this is probably the period of time where you, you're getting close to the largest number of knights. That will exist Mm -hmm. is in the 13th century because in the 14th century you get the black death and a lot of them die um (laughs) and and they never really recover those numbers but you also have the fact that when you think about what a knight when you think about the economic development of where western europe is a knight's armor in the in the 1200s is a coat of, of of steel mail which basically is impenetrable to anything an infantryman can have, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you look at the, like one of the bl- one of the weapons that is used a lot by infantry is, is a blade called a falchion blade, mm-hmm. and a falchion blade is it is clearly a weapon that was designed. After a lord went into a town and got a bunch of butchers' boys into it, it's essentially a cleaver. Mm-hmm. It is a sword that needs to be swung down. It only has one edge. Um, it's a terrifying-looking weapon. Yeah. It's like it's like essentially you a giant machete. It, uh,
1: do you, Do you remember the Disney movie Aladdin? Yeah. You know those swords the guards had, yeah, where it's yeah, kind of like those. a curve, yeah. and then yeah. there's a curve. Yeah, yeah that's uh, yeah, kind of. It's more similar, more or to less. That. That's a falchion, yeah. I think. Yeah. scimitars are similar, yeah. but like falchions are yeah, wide. I think and the, the, the reason
0: hound in Game of Thrones had a sword like that. Well,
1: the reason the back end was so heavy right and you had that like curve is because all of that back heaviness on the back end of the blade was meant to stopping power to pierce armor Yeah, right well, like it was a slashing weapon that could actually pierce yeah. armor. Uh, because, and it was
2: and again it was designed to be used pierce by armor. people who uh were butchers mm. or who were lumberjacks like people mm. who have only ever done this overhand right, swing right, right. uh their entire life so you don't Cleaver. need to tra- you don't need to Cleaver. yeah you don't need to trade them to use it, uh-huh. they know how to use it because that's what they do every day. Yeah. But that's what that's what we're talking about. The only professional soldiers in Western Europe in the in the early 13th century are knights. Nice. Everyone else is a dude who's been given yeah. whatever weapon is <laughs> yeah, at yeah, hand. He's, he's like, yeah. um, I just love those movies too, where the, you'll show
1: all the peasants are like, "Wow, well, he had a fight," and they all have fucking pitchforks, <laughs> yeah. like as if those
2: things aren't going to just snap <laughs> yeah. on like yeah. any yeah. fucking <laughs> yeah. armor ever. Yeah. It's so yeah. worthless there. <laughs> So Mar- where were we? So yeah, Marshall uh, William Marshall and his army arrive oh. at Lincoln mm. the ne- the following day. So they arrive on May nineteenth or twentieth.
1: Nicola is, is holding it, strong.
2: Yeah, she's holding the okay. castle. So the French and the rebels. Queen of the castle. Uh, the French and the rebels are faced. <laughs>
1: did, you, did you just want to do a <laughs> Queen of
2: the Castle joke? Is that what you- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> huh?
3: Constable <laughs> of the castle, constable sheriff of the castle.
1: <laughs> Is that what she says to yeah, her? Yeah, that's she, that's, a, a, that's her big like uh, inspiring speech before yeah. the final battle of the movie. She's like,
3: can you, constable of the castle, <laughs> sheriff of the castle?"
1: And everyone fights really hard for it. Is that how it goes, Michael? Is that yeah, basically? That that,
3: that's
1: you so. You know what? We don't even need you anymore, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> <I don't laughs> okay, out of the history room.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, wow. I'll see
2: myself out. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the French and the rebels are now faced with a choice uh, of how to meet this threat. So the two most obvious options were they could either, A, abandon the siege and give battle in the field west of the city. Uh, or they could storm the castle and use it to defend against the relief force. In the end, after having miscounted... They could sh- also just leave. They could. Like, but they could just fuck off. Nah. <laughs> yeah. That would insult the honor of France. Um, and oh, so yeah. they don't do that. Um, in the end, after having miscounted marshals,
1: you insult something that doesn't exist. <laughs> uh,
2: all right, sorry, I'm sorry to our French listener,
1: Will Gillum, Will, Will, Will. So,
2: <laughs> so in the end, uh, having miscounted Marshall's banners and thus doubling the size of the the forest they thought they faced, uh, the French and the rebels decided to do neither of these things. Instead of meeting Marshall outside of the walls or storming the castle, they split their forces between maintaining the siege and defending the city's gates. It would be a ruinous decision. Yeah, you don't
1: want to do that. Nope. I've
2: played enough Access
1: and Allies <laughs> to know you don't want to split forces like that. What are, you... so, what, are you like some medieval dipshit who's never read any history or know anything? <laughs> or did you
2: not have a public school
1: education? Yeah, basically.
2: You know, yeah. Uh, now, Marshall divides his force into three. He would lead one force directly against the west gate of the town, while another lord led a force against the north gate. Okay. The third group, the crossbowmen, would enter the castle through that secret gate into the castle and mount the castle's walls, right, and shoot at the French. Before riding into battle, the 70 year old Marshall spoke to his men. Quote, these men have seized and taken by force our lands and our possessions. Shame on the man who does not strive this very day to put up a challenge. If we beat them, it is no lie to say that we will have won eternal glory for the rest of our lives, quote. He then wheeled his horse to charge Shame towards the man. city. In his own excitement, he had to be reminded to put his helmet on. So he's so excited to go into battle one last time, the 70-year-old man has to be like, and they're like, hey, wait a minute, Will, Will, Will. Will, you need to put on your helmet. So, (laughs) and he's like,
1: he's like, "Fuck you! This is my last one. I'm going helmetless." And suddenly, Will just like kicked off of his horse, shot up some heroin, (laughs) snorted some cocaine, and then popped some pills, and was like, "Let's do this thing." Sorry, I'm just living vicariously through him because that's what I want to do when I'm at retirement
2: age. (laughs) So the battle, the battle was a rout. The crossbowmen mowed down the French and rebel soldiers and brought down many of their knights' horses. The close confines of the streets and the ability of Nicola's garrison to attack out from the castle ensured that the battle was remembered by its English participant as quote, the Lincoln Fair. Right, like it was because they're in the streets the whole time, and it was, yeah, and it's, yeah. and it's, you know, it was easy. It was like going to a fair day. Right. Uh, you know, that's like, interesting. Uh, um, I, that's
1: interesting too, because you got to think about home field advantage in your own city, right? Mm-hmm, Where yeah. it's like, oh, this is going to be a perfect street for yeah. us to like, envelop them on. Sorry. Five? Is that five <laughs> times you've hit the mic stand today? <laughs> I was trying to move it closer to me. I know you're trying to move it closer to you, but here's the thing be good. At this point in time, <laughs> I feel like you're doing it on purpose. <laughs> you're just like, hey, who edits all these podcasts? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who has to do the? Oh, is it Adam Coonan? <laughs> Why don't we just hit stuff? Why don't we just hit stuff and make noises? <laughs> oh, oh, Adam, you gonna edit? A chew, a chew.
0: Is so what we're doing now? <laughs>
3: we're this is me whispering
0: into your ear. <laughs> you whisper so goddamn loud. Future Adam editing podcast. <laughs> Edit this out. God damn it! you're so bad at this. Uh,
2: so I'm
0: going to whisper sweet nothings into your ear. Oh, that's
2: good. Cool. Cool. So wh-
1: hang on. Hang on. We're doing a scientific experiment. Ooh. If you can hear. <laughs> the sound of an erection on the
3: podcast.
1: <laughs> Shh, Adam, stop laughing. <laughs> I'm trying to listen for the sound of my own erection.
3: like? It'd be like
1: one of those whistles, like... <laughs> <laughs>
2: So, one <laughs> yeah, yeah. chronicler. <laughs> What's the The, the whoop? You yeah, oh, <laughs> know, So, one chronicler described the battle uh, as, uh, quote, Had you been there, you would have seen great blows dealt, heard helmets clanging and resounding, seen lances fly to splinters in the air, saddles vacated by riders, knights taken prisoner. "'You would have heard from place to place "'great blows delivered by swords and maces "'on helmets and on arms "'and seen knives and daggers drawn "'for the purpose of stabbing horses.' End quote. It's, Rad. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> okay. Why isn't that my Saturday night? <laughs> <laughs> now it seems that the battle was especially loud, and this is probably due to the fact that it was fought in the close confines of a town, which was a rarity in medieval warfare. Urban fighting in medieval warfare doesn't happen very often. William Marshall said of the battle afterwards quote, The noise was so great that you would not have heard God thunder end quote like you wouldn't have heard the voice of god over mm. the sound of the uh, the sound of the battle. Uh, now the battle was relatively bloodless for the nobility.
1: In in his defense god's voice is like
3: hey everybody.
2: <laughs>
3: everybody should like do good and like, be, not be nice to each other. Okay. So everyone was trying
1: to listen to god's voice but it was like rah, Cut his fucking head off. Hey everybody you should stop. <laughs> you shouldn't do this anymore. God says so. Now, the, is that, is the God's pat- a kindergarten is, teacher. As a Catholic, is that voice? Is that no. God's voice? Oh, probably not.
2: Oh, okay. um, but anyway, the, the, like, the battle was relatively <laughs> bloodless for the nobility. Uh, I think it's a sin for me to pretend to be God's voice. So yeah, that, right. Though for the infantry, it must have been a slaughter. Uh, one of the few aristocrats. But they weren't counting them, so exactly. it didn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was uh, nothing. It, it went
0: from nothing to nothing. It to uh, nothing. That uh, was so uh, weird. The,
1: the infantry took zero casualties. <laughs> because yeah, so many bodies count. on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> How the fuck did this happen? <laughs> <laughs> Now I see our knights and crossbowmen have taken zero casualties. We've won the day. Where's the infantry? Uh, the Who? <laughs> like, I, what? what is this word you speak
2: of? So um one of the few aristocratic casualties was the Count de Parish, uh the French Count de Parish? Parish. P-E-R-C-H-E. <laughs> he was born to perish? Mm-hmm. Apparently. Uh now Gilbert de Gantt. <laughs> a- a- uh, and another 380 knights surrendered. So um, the vast majority of the, the French and rebel force uh, in, in terms of knights surrender. This represented nearly that's half. That's
0: big haul of ransom. Exactly. It
2: represented nearly half of Louis' force in England is gone. Uh, he was soon scurrying over the channel back to France. Mm. Nicola's bravery and determination in holding Lincoln Castle was the millstone upon which Louis' ambition to be king of England was ground. Is that when they created Lincoln Park? Yes. (laughs) I mean, they did try so hard and get
0: so far. But in
2: the end... it didn't really (laughs) (laughs) matter. In honor of their fight. (laughs) Now, that that is a particularly ironic line because how do you think uh, Nicola was rewarded by the Plantagenet family for... For holding Lincoln Castle, was it? Oh, I, I okay. If
1: I had to guess, I'd say it was one thing. I don't know why. It doesn't really matter
3: how hard <laughs> to try.
1: Keep that in mind. I designed this rhyme to type
3: all I know. <laughs>
1: Okay, listener. It might seem like we're not even paying attention this episode. <laughs> it's because they're not. We, we are. are. <laughs> we learned about
0: Matilda. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Which one? And the log champ. <laughs> we learned about and, the log and longsword. <laughs> And count the parish, yeah. <laughs> so, and the
1: and the, what's it called when there's a bunch of space people fighting on a border? <laughs> marches, the marches. Yeah, we learned about the marches, and also
2: Magna Carta. Infantry yes. aren't people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, we learned we learned
0: who and who
1: isn't a
2: person. So uh, actually, as this well. is this is the epilogue. Nicola versus William Longsword. So four days. <laughs> Yeah. Who so, won? So four <laughs> days. Who came first? So four days after <laughs> being relieved. <laughs>
3: she was relieved. <laughs> 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 uh, oh,
1: Michael hates me so much. <laughs> 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 Uh, was it? So on relieved, May. On were they May... relieved just the one time, or were they relieved over and over and over again? <laughs> so on, May, on May
2: 24th, <laughs> <laughs> Nicola De La Haye was removed as sheriff of Lincoln. Oh, shit. Aww. William Longsword, Henry III's uncle, uh, was made sheriff in her place and was also awarded Lincoln Castle. Now, what? what a yeah, bastard. Exactly. So Nicola was not Fucking going to sit patriarchy. still for this. No,
1: fuck. Yeah. No, she's not. Yeah. She, well, she's not going to just be stuck in a dryer for this. You know what
0: I mean? <laughs> she, <laughs> she marched. She's a femme soul. Man. She marched <laughs> well, to well, the court.
2: Right. She marched to the court and reminded the regent, Saint William Marshall, of her decades of loyal service to the yeah. crown and demanded her lands and titles back. Yeah. Now, a compromise was worked out where she would retain Lincoln Castle. Uh, while William kept the title of sheriff. So William Longsword, she loses the title of sheriff. William Longsword will hold that title. Um, Now, this compromise did not sit well with William, who would spend the next nine years scheming of ways to evict Nicola, all the while claiming that it was to assure the inheritance of his son, William, and his wife, which is Nicola's granddaughter, Idenaea. At one point, he even laid siege to Lincoln Castle, (laughs) during which Nicola would defend her home a third time, In her 70s, she never once lost Lincoln Castle. Oh, that fucking rules. Yeah. (laughs) William Longsword died on March 7th, 1226, nearly nine years after the Battle of Lincoln. Nicola was nearly 75 years old. (laughs) Having seen off the last threat to her home, she officially retired to a manor in the countryside, where she died on November 20th, 1230. She was nearly 80 years old. Besides William Longsword, she outlived William Marshall, who died in 1219, King Philip Augustus of France, who died in 1223, as well as Prince Louis, who became Louis VIII of France, who died in 1226. Wow. She is buried in St. Michael's Church in Swatton, about 45 miles south of the castle she defended for 40 years. This Thus is... Ends God damn it, that
1: rule... Like, I, mm-hmm. we're podcasters. So literally, there's no way we will ever die with that much <laughs> honor. <laughs> like that's not a thing we can do. That's not a thing podcasters can it's do. True. It's but true. god damn it, I wish I like, mm-hmm. like the idea that you could get uh, uh, what is it? Uh, not like like um, our uh, uh, heroine mm-hmm. of this particular episode uh, is seems like a pretty good person mm-hmm. in history. Uh, Sulla, not so much. Yeah. Sulla was a Roman dictator. The the idea, I've been thinking about this a lot lately, like when you get laid to rest, Mm -hmm. that you have like like a pillar, like something that's like, oh, this is yours and people are going to remember it for a long time or whatever, that's like important stuff. As a podcaster... I'm pretty sure that's not gonna happen to me at all. that's gonna, It's gonna be more like my last thought was like the time I called my teacher mommy in second grade. you know <laughs> <laughs> like, but, like, so I, I'm going down like uh, like my last thought is gonna be. All right, hang on, I'm trying to think of what the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to me in my life is, and it's a pretty long list. So, I'm <laughs> <laughs> so while
2: he's thinking about that, we can do some lessons learned. Yeah. Let's do yeah. lessons, learned. <laughs> lessons. What do we learn? That, yeah, lessons learned. So, what do we learn? So, I, t- I I think there are two key takeaways from uh, from Nicola De La Haye's story. Yeah, right. You get the first one. I'll I'll take the second okay. one. Right what on. do you think the first one is, Adam Lax. <sighs>
0: The importance of funny last names. Okay. you want to me say that's not it. <laughs> All
1: right, I'll, I'll give a real answer. We've been having fun. I'll give a real answer. I'll say... I'll say uh, something along the lines of, like, the content of one's character is what defends a castle, not one's gender.
2: Yeah. Something like that.
0: No, yeah. or, or castles are so, important... So, so,
2: so the first one is that Nicola de la Haye's actions, the fuck with the castle. yeah, uh, actions and ideology are a microcosm for late twelfth, early thirteenth century England. Okay, her ideology seems to have been similar to the ideology of William Marshall. That okay. is loyalty to the institution of the monarchy. Okay. Right. She mm. was loyal to John. Part of the reason she's loyal to John <laughs> is because for personal um, reasons. It was for the personal reasons. But the other thing is, is that she doesn't. Um, she doesn't waver. She's She doesn't rebel, for instance, when um, Richard turfs her out of Lincoln Castle in the 1190s, right? She is still loyal to the concept of the monarchy. Is um, that part of the chivalrous code? I, I mean, no, it's,
1: it's not just the chivalrous code. But- like so, I don't think so specifically, but one of the things I do appreciate about that that standpoint is, I mean, we just did Bass Reeves, mm-hmm. right? And doesn't Bass Reeves essentially have a similar idea? Like yeah. the law is the law isn't perfect, but it's what we have, yeah. right? And and she's essentially saying, like, all right, like the king isn't perfect or or mm-hmm. whatever, but my loyalty to the institution here that creates
2: order and that mm-hmm. like like a eventually might be good
1: mm-hmm. you know i i, I, no, know. I i'm I a think, fan i think like this particular I th- I th- character
2: i think that's i think that's definitely part of it you have to remember she grew up during what was called the anarchy yeah right where mm-hmm. you have multiple people claiming to be the monarch yeah. um and that led to a 15 year long civil war which was bad for everybody mm-hmm. um and I mean,
1: you you see the same thing mm-hmm. in the in the former soviet union yeah. today mm-hmm. where and i am not a tanky Right? Mm-hmm. I'm not here to be like, Stalin was cool or whatever. Yeah. All I'm saying, though, is that you had the Soviet Union fall, and a lot of people basically saying, like, God damn it, I miss the order.
3: Yeah. right.
1: Like, I miss whatever. I had to stand in a bread line, but at least I knew I had to stand in the same bread <laughs> I mean, line every day for two hours, <laughs> and that was my day. I didn't have to worry about some mafia guy yeah. fucking shooting me. It's the iron sold- rice bowl. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah.
0: the allure of... Totalitarianism, sometimes is, yeah. authoritarian leadership. Well, and I won't even just say like just just a functioning state, mm-hmm. right? Like the
1: allure of just it doesn't have to be totalitarian or communist or whatever. It can be any form of government as long as it's just functioning enough mm-hmm. for regular people to be like, all right, I can like make plans. Mm-hmm. I can yeah. like you know yeah. what I mean. What are, what do they say in Game of Thrones? The average farmer doesn't give a shit Mm -hmm. about politics. They don't care. They care whether or not the rains come and whether or not people march into their village and start shooting people with crossbows
2: or whatever. Like, that's all, you know. They want to live through the winter. Yeah. 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 Um, And so, but so she served John uh, and fought against the Magna Carta rebels, Mm -hmm. therefore, but she also served Henry III, who reissued and expanded Magna Carta. So her... Her she, loyalty was always to England. Yeah, to right, England yeah. And, to the, and to and in particular to English monarchs, because Is again, she the considered a nationalist hero. Um, not really. I don't. Okay. She's not terribly well known outside of Lincoln. Okay. She's actually like really important still oh, in she's Lincoln. One of
1: those cool, like like local, local hero, hero, yeah, like, thing. yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: Um, you know, like there's some <gasps> there's some like local history mm-hmm. type stuff. Um, but she's you know a relatively minor, obscure person from early thirteen late twelve. How did you find early... out about her? That is actually a really funny, uh, a really funny story, which is that, so, so Adam Lacks, uh, Adam koonen I think, knows this, but uh, I have a relatively new hobby, which is assembling and painting uh, little plastic army okay, miniatures. Yeah, you told me about this. Yeah. yeah.
1: And i would have assumed he's really uh a cool. uh, uh, base jumping
2: but <laughs> yeah, <I don't> know. <laughs> so so right now you know right now all of the miniatures are from the american revolution but i was looking around at you know like one you know maybe once i finish this maybe i'll do a different time period and and i saw there's a there's a line of miniatures that are about this period of history the baron's war and I'm looking through the you know, I'm just looking at all of the miniatures, and one of them, they have like hero units. And so they have like King John and they've got William Marshall. Oh shit. And they have Nicola Delahaye as mm, one of the miniatures that wow. you can buy and paint. I'm like, is this a real person? Yeah. Cause and so I looked I looked up her name and she's a real person. I'm like, wow. well, and then I read about her. I'm like, she's Fucking really cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We needed, yeah. you know, and then it immediately went on the list. Wow. So the second uh, so that's oh, the no, first. No, no, I have to make my prediction. Oh um, no!
1: I already made. Yeah, you made your predictions.
2: So the second is about Magna Carta, which I kind of did trick you into yeah, talking uh, about. Yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> you goddamn manipulative <laughs> piece! Of, you stop gaslighting us. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like, every time Michael's gonna be like, "Oh, we're gonna do a whole episode on Roman orgies," and then all of a sudden we'll get into tax policy. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so the taxes were actually collected at the origin.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so Magna Carta is an important document not because it was an ending, but because it was a beginning. The document set a precedent in English history that government authority required at least some of the people, a, a consent of some of the people who were being governed. And in fact, when Henry III first reissues Magna Carta as an adult, so w- one of his first official acts once he is no longer, uh, once he has it's taken his yeah, any yeah, is so no longer a regency, is that he issues Magna Carta, and at the same time, the people of England issue him a tax. So it's like the first example of this idea of I am granting rights, and I am and I am putting guardrails on my power, and in exchange, you are giving me money, yeah, right, money.
1: like to, to do more shit. Oh yeah, to it, like right,
2: to, yeah. and so this idea, of the beginning, you know. Again, I wouldn't trade places with any of these people. No, no. no. Um, but it's this idea that. This provides a blueprint for future liberal documents such as the English Bill of Rights, uh, the Declaration of Independence, the U.S. Constitution, the French Declaration of Rights of Man and Citizen. And it is cited by both Gandhi and Mandela in their um, fights for freedom, right? Mm-hmm. Especially at being that they come out of British colonies. They're like, yeah. look, you know, there's there's this disconnect, mm-hmm. right? You wrote this seminal document. <laughs> um, it needs to apply to us as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so those are my two well, sort it, of takeaways. It's such a great... What's the?
1: I mean, it's essentially Britain's dealing with the same thing America deals with all the Mm -hmm. time: is that you look back at like a quote founding document, Mm -hmm. and you're like, "Hey, that says a lot of shit about justice and fairness, (laughs) and like
0: uh, women can't vote." You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and
1: so they they have the same thing where it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, like your founding principles, Mm -hmm. you're (laughs) never going to actually live up to them. Yeah, and I mean, I think. And I will say, I think America was particularly bad about this. Like we were particularly bad about like talking shit about our founding principles and then just like not doing those founding Uh, principles. Well, it's my yeah, my
2: favorite, my, one of my favorite uh, Lincoln quotes is, is a, is a quote that he is in a letter he writes to a friend of his just before in like the 1850s. And he goes, you know, right now, uh, the Declaration of Independence says all men are created equal, but right now it's all men are created equal except for black people. And if we listen to the know-nothings, uh, it will be all men are created equal except for the Catholics and the Irish mm-hmm. and, you know, the Germans. And he goes, at that point, I'd rather just move to a place like Russia. Where they don't pretend. Yeah, they don't. Uh, they, be, don't yeah, they don't yeah, pretend yeah. to be. No, equal. no, no one's equal. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> I'm a lot higher <laughs> than you, yeah. and you should probably like. First of all, suck on my toe a little bit. I like that. <laughs> and that's just a thing I like. Uh, and, and second of all, I'm gonna nail your ear to that post because I like it. Because I like to do it. And then, and, and then, ninety
2: percent of the tax revenue will come from you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
1: And then I will literally sit in. The Russian nobility, like I'm talk, I talk nah. about how yeah. America is sort of this like unique hypocritical mm-hmm. case study of like Russia's the opposite. <laughs> yeah. Russia, like Russia, up until the revolution, don't get me wrong, the rev- post revolution yeah. wasn't that great either. But mm-hmm. like up until the revolution, Russia was just like the a brutal nobility. They were like the fucking chucky cheese of hierarchy like we're just we're just so like or like the fucking dave and busters the fucking buffalo wild wings of like noble hierarchy just like nope it's exactly what you get what you think what you what you see is what you get in russia and it's a bunch of fucking poor people working really hard for a bunch of really rich people who just kind of like drink champagne and fuck each other all the time, yeah. but also fuck them and like don't care and kill yeah, people constantly. Yeah. The the Russian noble class was like uniquely savage to yeah. their their particular like underclass yeah. or whatever. It's yeah. so ba- bananas. I don't know why I ranted about that. That's yeah, fine. Uh, right. The English were better.
0: Marginally, marginally. marginally. To <laughs> the nobility, English. nobility the, the, in general doesn't have. No, that no, that no. The character. English
1: were better than the English, than the Russians were better than the to the Russians, right? Like the <laughs> Russians were worse to other Russians than the English were to English. That being said. Russia didn't spend a lot of time in Africa. You know what I mean? I mean like they did spend did... a lot of time in Central Asia. Yes, they did. Yeah. And were they cool? No. No. Not, <laughs> not even really. a little bit. No. In their defense. Or in Poland. In their they defense. They weren't cool there in, either. In, in, in Russia's Ukraine. defense. <laughs> Central Asia spent a
2: lot of time in Russia. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't super cool either. So it's a little it's bit well, more. Yes. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. And then there's also Poland and Ukraine and Lithuania and Latvia and Estonia and Finland and... And that's been our
0: podcast, Laughing Historically. I'm your host, Adam Lanks. Please, uh, if you like this episode, uh, comment, leave a comment, share with other people. Also, we're on social media, Instagram, Laughing Hist, H-I-S-T, La, uh, Like, Share, Subscribe, yeah. Five Stars, Guys, yeah, Five Stars, yeah, are Really yeah. Get yeah. the Stuff Moving. We so. love hearing back from. If you have any questions for Doctor History, Stage Scholar, mm-hmm. You can Always also, yeah. uh, He was will answer all your questions. He literally
1: lives in a sub-sub basement, <laughs> and we don't let him see the sun. <laughs> and all he does is read history yeah. all day, yes. and we we hit him. Yes. We hit him a yes. lot. <laughs> Way better than Chad. <laughs> <laughs> For now, he's better than Chad Way GBT. Way better than yeah. Chad GBT. We got a little bit of side <laughs> income. We're using him to train Chad GBT, so we'll see how that goes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's, that's been our, our show. That's been our show. Thank you so much for listening.